It is Wednesday. You are listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key and we are Selling Sacramento. Just a reminder that Selling Sacramento is brought to you by Matthews and Company Realty Group, where I am broker and owner with almost 20 years in the industry. I love helping you buy, sell and retain real estate. So if you have a home to sell, if you're ready to have the conversation and you want to map out a plan towards homeownership, visit my website at agentkey.com, A-G-E-N-T-K-E-E.com and tap in and say, hey, ask a question. Feel free to schedule a conversation. You can email me there. We can chat. We can set up a new buyer consultation or start the process of getting your home sold. We are live right now on Facebook, YouTube. Yes, I said YouTube and LinkedIn. Just search Selling Sacramento Agent Key on your favorite platform and join the conversation. Let me know you're there by typing in the chat saying, hey, and we are going to get started today. But before we do, as I was driving to the station today, I had a thought and I wanted to share it and It is, I I need to find this scripture reference. It came to mind with regard to what we're going to talk about on today's show. Do y'all remember the old wineskin verse in the Bible? When asked why, Jesus made several mysterious responses. Among them, No one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and the wine is lost. And so are the new skins. But one puts new wine into fresh wineskins. Every Wednesday when I'm preparing for a show and I'm headed here, I turn off my phones, turn off the ringers. I really try to prepare mentally to be here in the moment for the show, to make sure that I am conveying the message that I feel God would have me to convey. And I turned off my radio when I left the house this morning as I was headed to the station and halfway here, that scripture came to mind and it's Mark 2.22. And I believe, well, let me just tell you what that even means. That meaning, when new wine was poured in, the wine skins would break apart and the wine wasted. When new wine is poured into old wine skins. Jesus, however, brought freedom and grace. His grace could not be held in legalistic rules that the Pharisees enforced over others. So Jesus was saying, this new message is not going to work in how y'all been operating. Y'all got to operate in grace and not in legalism. And I thought how that, what that meant in comparison to what I'm talking about today. We are talking about preparing you financially, getting you, positioning you better than you have been. Some of us have to admit that the way we've been doing things 
Those are habits. Just because we introduce a new principle or something sounds really exciting, who doesn't want to have a great credit score? Who does not want to have a bank account full of money? But in order to successfully accomplish that, you have to change some of the things you've been doing. Some of us are in the financial situations that we're in because of our old, because of our habits. Some of us are in debt because we have gambling habits. Some of us are in debt because we have money mismanagement habits. We, we are materialistic. We, we want to wear our wealth. Some of us, are our priorities are out of order. And some of us don't have enough money coming in because we don't consider ourselves worthy enough to increase our skill set and talent to get better paying jobs or to open that business. I'm sharing this with you, I believe, because it does not matter how much information I pour into you. If you don't prepare your wineskin, i.e. yourself, your habit, if you don't take off that old stuff, Nothing that I say or nothing that anyone says. You, There's not a conference, a workshop, a book you could read. Warren Buffett himself can come live in your house for 30 days. And you'd still end up in the same financial rut that you have been in unless you are willing to acknowledge that you've got some habits you need to change. So with that being said, I want to introduce the topic for today. Our journey through real estate. We often talk about the joy of finding a home or the excitement of making a sale. But today we're going to delve into a topic that's crucial right now for many homeowners, especially in these unpredictable times. I'm sure you've heard the word foreclosure. And for many it's accompanied by unease, if not outright fear. And that's understandable. Your home, it's not just a structure. It's a place filled with memories and dreams and hopes. So today we're turning our focus on how we as Californians can better understand foreclosure before it comes. You don't, you don't fear. We have a tendency to not fear those things that we are knowledgeable about. And so I want to make you knowledgeable today about foreclosures and the strategies, more importantly, the strategies that we can employ to avoid it. It's my sincere hope that by shedding light on the topic, I can arm you with the knowledge and the tools that you need, not just to weather any financial storms, but to truly thrive, keeping your dream of homeownership intact. Okay? So we are about warm and friendly information as we talk about these topics. So I want you to feel comfortable. Grab your favorite drink. If you're still eating your lunch, get comfy and let's embark on today's discussion. We're going to talk first. I'm going to give you an overview about the foreclosure process in California. Foreclosures vary from state to state when it, as it pertains to real estate. So in the state of California, 
we're going to talk about what that looks like, the foreclosure process. Number one, the very first thing that happens is that you miss a payment. Foreclosure generally begins after a borrower misses several mortgage payments. The lender will send a series of notifications to the borrower regarding the overdue payments. So as one month goes by and there is a missed payment, you will receive a letter, a very nice letter from most lenders these days, letting you know that you've missed your payment. And in that letter, they're typically giving you suggestions, um, alternatives, things that you can do to help you get back on track. If you don't catch up on your payments within a specific time frame, and that's typically 90 days or three months, the lender will record what's called a notice of default. That's the second thing that happens. So number one, you miss a payment. Over time, you miss more than three payments. In the state of California, they can file a notice of default. And these days, based on what happened when the market fell, it's not if they file it, it is when they file it. They do their due diligence to make sure that they stay in line legally with what's supposed to happen so that they can come after you properly. So 90 days, they're filing a notice of default and it is now showing up on public records that your house is in a pre-foreclosure status. So this would be a good time to share with you the websites that you see about foreclosures, foreclosure.com, those kinds of websites, even if you see the word pre-foreclosure on a listing online, on a commercial website, this is where those listings come from. So think about that. You are in your home. You miss 90 days of payment. The lender files a notice of default. It becomes public record public information gets expunged from the county and pushed to these websites that your house is now a pre-foreclosed property. So it looks like it's a possible foreclosure, but it really isn't. Majority of folks who are in a pre-foreclosure status or who have a 90 days of missed payments, they're not trying to walk away from their home. Something has happened. Some kind of financial situation has occurred and that person is more than likely doing their best to try to get their house back in a right financial status. So I say that just to say for all of you folks that see those pre-foreclosure listings, don't get so excited. Somebody might be in that house just having financial difficulties and they're trying to make that right, that wrong right. So once the notice of default is filed, then there is a right to reinstate, the right to reinstatement period. After the notice of default is filed, the homeowner has a 90-day reinstatement period during which they can stop the foreclosure process by catching up on all past due payments, including late fees and costs. The next step is the notice of trustee sale. If the default is not corrected within the 90-day reinstatement period, this is when the lender will instruct the trustee, that's the third party, that administers non-judicial foreclosures, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, and they will instruct them to record a notice of trustee sale. Now we're getting into the thick of things. The notice of trustee sale provides details on when and where the foreclosure auction 
will take place. The next step is the foreclosure auction. And that is approximately 21 days after the notice of trustee sale is recorded. And it's important to remember these words and these timeframes. These are legal steps, time is of the essence, and everything happens according to these days, these numbers, and what is being said. So after the notice of trustee sale gets recorded, that 21 day period kicks in. And that after that 21 days is when the home can be sold at public auction. The highest bidder becomes the new owner of the property. And if there are no bids, the lender becomes the owner by default. The next step is the right of redemption. Unlike other states, California doesn't provide a post-sale statutory right of redemption, which would allow you as the original homeowner to buy your home back after the foreclosure auction. So you don't have that right of redemption here in California. Once it's sold and it's gone, it's almost impossible to get it back. The next step, if you are in the home, once your home has sold, the new owner has a right to start the eviction process. So if you don't vacate the property once the house has sold, the new owner can initiate evicting you. This overview, it's a basic understanding of the steps in the foreclosure process here in California, but it's always recommended that you seek legal counsel or advice specific to your situation. Next, we're going to talk about the importance of early intervention. So I went over the process of this is what the foreclosure process looks like, but now we're going to talk about how to avoid getting there. Don't want you there at all. The importance of early intervention in the foreclosure process. It's crucial for several reasons. Number one is preventative measures. The sooner you address missed mortgage payments, the more options you typically have at your disposal. This might include loan modifications. We're going to talk about that. Refinancing, which is challenging to do right now, or forbearance agreements that could allow you to get back on track. We're going to go into those a little deeper. Here are, here's another reason early intervention is important. It's a cost savings. If you address payment issues early, it can save you from accruing excessive late fees, additional interest, those pesky legal fees, and any other costs that are associated with the foreclosure process. Once your lender starts down that road of the foreclosure process, they have now hired third-party individuals and including an attorney, and they're racking up fees. And guess who gets those fees? They push them off right over to you. So don't let it get that far. Let's take advantage of some of this information that we're going to hear today. And then the third reason is the preservation of your credit. Remember, our goal is the 800 Club. 800, and we can do it. Things happen. But as long as there are options and alternatives that we are aware of, let's try to take advantage of those options and alternatives so that we can preserve our credit. 
foreclosures have a significant negative impact on your credit score. And if you intervene early, you may be able to negotiate with your lender and prevent a more severe credit, prevent more severe credit repercussions. Reduced stress is another, the, the emotional toll of it all. When you're thinking you're going to lose your home, it can be overwhelming. And so by taking these proactive steps at the first sign of trouble, you can gain more control over the situation, which leads to less reduce, well, which leads to reduced stress and less anxiety. Maintaining negotiation leverage is another reason. If you engage with your lender before the foreclosure process formally begins, it means the bank might be more amenable to working out a solution. So don't dodge the calls. Be brave. Answer the phone. We, you know who it is. And say, hey, look, this is what's going on. I want to keep my house. I want to keep my credit intact. What options do you have for me? Once the formal foreclosure process starts, the bank's options might be more restrictive and it's going to make it harder to negotiate favorable terms. Again, if they start that foreclosure process, they've got other people involved. They've moved your transaction, let's call it transaction, from Highway 5, I-5. I think I-5 is smoother than 99. They've moved it from I-5 to 99 and they are hands off. It's now in someone else's hands and you don't have as many options. The other thing is avoiding public notices. Remember, once that item gets filed with the, filed with the county uh, recorder's office, it's now public information. It's now on the internet. You're now receiving calls or people driving by your house and so on and so forth. Early intervention may prevent the lender from recording public notices, like the notice of default, which can attract unwanted attention from the public and from real estate speculators. So let's not go that far, okay? So in essence, the earlier you recognize and address potential issues with your mortgage payments, the better positioned you are to navigate the challenges and work towards a favorable resolution. Being proactive not only means opening up more avenues of assistance, but also gives homeowners a peace of mind and a sense of empowerment in a challenging situation. Now we're gonna talk about understanding foreclosures in California, the difference between the judicial and non-judicial foreclosure and the timeline of a typical non-judicial foreclosure. It's important that you know this I'm going to try to not go over anybody's head. And maybe some of you are already aware of some of this, but we're going to dive right in and share this information. So the difference between a judicial and non-judicial foreclosure. A judicial foreclosure involves the court system. The lender initiates a lawsuit against the borrower to foreclose on the property. Once the court issues a final judgment of foreclosure, the home can be auctioned off to the highest bidder. This method is less common in California due to its lengthier and more complex nature. That is a judicial foreclosure. What we see in California are the non-judicial foreclosures. This process does not involve the courts. Instead, if a borrower defaults, the lender can initiate a foreclosure 
under the power of sale clause in the deed of trust. They already wrote it up in advance when you signed those mortgage pa papers. It's faster than a judicial uh, than its judicial counterpart, and it's often the preferred method for many lenders in the state. So let's talk about that timeline. What does that look like? The timeline of a typical non-judicial foreclosure in California, day one. Again, after you miss several payments, usually 90 days worth, the borrower enters the default status. So when you hear that you're in default, means that you haven't paid at least 90 days. You are in default. And that default status triggers that lender to be able to file that notice of default. And it goes public. The lender might send you reminders or notifications during that period. But here's what happens after the 90 days. They record that notice of default, and that's an official document that starts the foreclosure clock. So think three months, 90 days. You got three months to work it out once you miss your first payment. And why I say you have three months to work it out is that you want to do your best. Whatever it is that you can do, pray, call the bank get a new job, whatever, three months to work it out before that foreclosure clock starts ticking. Just remember that. Following the notice of default, you have a 90-day reinstatement period. So 90 days of not paying will initiate that notice of default. Going forward for 90 more days, you have an opportunity to reinstate. So that's a total of 180 days or six months that you have to restore that property back to yourself, work out some kind of, work out some type of modification program with the lender, an entire six months. And I'm emphasizing this because oftentimes I'll get calls from individuals uh, and I haven't had any lately, thank goodness. But in the past, I would get calls from people who had received a notice on their door that guess what stage they were at, that their home was at auction, going to be sold at auction. So that means the entire six months prior, what were they doing? We got to do better, y'all. But knowledge is power when it's applied. So that's what today is all about. We are going to do better. So during that 90-day reinstatement period, you can stop the foreclosure process by either catching up on your missed payments, covering uh, fees and costs, getting into some type of uh, loan modification program with your bank. After the post, after the reinstatement period, if you have not resolved the default, the lender instructs the trustee to record a notice of trustee sale that provides details about the foreclosure auction such as the date, the time, and the location. All of that gets recorded. It's public information. This is where, this is a, a set of information that real estate investors now have access to. Those of you who are listening, who invest in properties and you look for properties to buy, you can simply go down to the county recorder's office, research these specific properties that are that have notice of trustee sales filed on them and you can see for yourself firsthand the auction date the time the place the location the property and this is where if you're on the buyer side if you're the investor 
you can drive by the property, see where it is. You can't go inside. You're buying it pretty much sight unseen as far as being able to go inside. But for the homeowner, this is where it gets a little bit uncomfortable because now you've got this potential investor driving by your house because this information is now public. 21 days after the notice of trustee sale is recorded, your home can be sold at auction, public auction. If no one bids on the amount that covers the outstanding mortgage balance, the lender will typically take ownership of the property and it becomes an REO, real estate owned asset, back in the bank's assets. This entire process from the first missed payment to the foreclosure sale can take around seven to eight months, although it can be longer or shorter based on individual circumstances. In essence, California primarily uses the non-judicial method, which means that homeowners don't get their day in court, but the process is streamlined. It's always crucial that you know your rights and you act quickly when you suspect you might run into trouble with your mortgage payment, okay? So as we navigate the landscape of foreclosure right here in California, understanding the basics is key. Stay tuned because after this break, we're gonna break down the first steps that you need to consider if you ever face this challenging situation. Remember, preparation is half the victory. I am Agent Key and we will be right back y'all. Hey everyone, we're back. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am your host, Agent Key. Foreclosure, it can seem intimidating, but with the right information and steps, you can navigate it with confidence. Let's jump back in and uncover the initial actions every homeowner should take when facing the possibility of foreclosure right here in California. All right, for those of you tuning in and perhaps feeling that uncomfortable weight of worry about your home, I'm going to provide some warmth and clarity. Initial steps, the warning signs. We're gonna start by acknowledging a simple truth. Life happens, it just does. Sometimes it throws us unexpected financial curveballs like job loss, medical emergencies, or just a series of unfortunate events. And these can affect our ability to make consistent mortgage payments. The warning signs are not always about missing a payment or two. They can also be foreseeing potential financial challenges. Are you beginning to juggle bills? Are things, are you having to rob Peter to pay Paul? That can have a trickle down effect. Have there been sudden changes in your financial situation? Is money getting funny and change becoming strange. You got to recognize these early signs and they can give you a head start in, in addressing these potential issues. So keep an eye out for the signs because you can act sooner rather than later. Next, we want you to communicate with your lender early when you see those signs. 
There's this misconception that lenders or banks are the bad guys, that they're just waiting to take back your home. But here's a little bit of sunlight. Most lenders would rather find a solution than go through the foreclosure process. You want to know why? Because foreclosures are costly and tedious for them too. And then once they sell the house, they got to sell it again through another real estate agent. That's a tedious process. They really want to work it out with you. So reach out and have a heart to heart with your lender and you'll be surprised at how understanding they can be when they see that you're proactive and you're genuinely looking for solutions. Your lender might even offer you an alternative like a payment plan, a loan modification or forbearance option. But remember, they cannot help you if they don't know what is happening. So reach out. Next, we want you to seek counsel and guidance. There's this old saying, a person who represents themselves as a fool for a client. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and while that might sound a little bit harsh, here's the essence. Don't do this alone. Just don't. There are nonprofit housing counselors and legal organizations who are dedicated to assisting homeowners. They can guide you through paperwork. They can discuss options you might not have known existed. And they can provide that moral support that we all need during tough times. So if you're in a position to do so, consider consulting with an attorney who specializes in real estate or foreclosure law. They can help you understand your rights and potentially discover errors or violations in the foreclosure process if things have gotten that murky. Remember, facing potential foreclosure, it's not about personal failure. That's most important. I think oftentimes we don't want to acknowledge that things are going on in our life because we're, we, we would then have to admit that we've failed at something or we've we've done something wrong or in, and we don't want someone around us to say anything. We don't want anybody to know. It's important to have a circle of people you can trust who are looking out for your best interest, even if that's just one person. And definitely know that you can seek out help for free and get counseling help, reaching out to your lender. They probably have information right on their website to help you in the event you are struggling or making struggling to make payments. And you've got allies, right? Right here. I am rooting for you every step of the way. You can always reach out to me. Stay empowered, stay informed, and remember you are not in this alone. While we're talking about that, I want to share a link to the HUD counseling organization, HUD, if you go to their website at hud.gov forward slash counseling, they have a ton of information available for you to help you through times such as this. www.hud.gov forward slash counseling. And I am running that link on my social media page right now. I'm just going to go ahead and leave that up throughout the duration of the show. I think it's very important that people know that that information is available to you and that help is available to you 
for free at no cost to you. And it's better to get connected with them sooner rather than later. Now we're going to talk about some of the critical legal rights and protections that are designed to assist borrowers in the state of California. Grace periods and late fees, notice of default and the required waiting period, prohibition of dual tracking. We're going to run through all three of those right now. Number one is grace periods and late fees. After missing a mortgage payment, there's usually a grace period, typically 15 days. So if you missed your payment and it's been day one or day two, don't start stressing yourself. Don't start having an anxiety or panic attack. You've got typically a 15 day period during which you can pay without any additional charges. While you might not get a late mark on your credit report immediately, it's important to address the situation promptly. Once you get a 30-day late, they have the right to report it to the credit bureau. And late fees. If you don't make your mortgage payment within the grace period, your lender will typically charge a late fee. The fee can vary, but it's often between 3 to 6% of the overdue payment. And this may not seem like a lot initially, but multiple late payments can accumulate quick, quickly, and they add a considerable amount to your financial challenges. Next, we have the notice of default and the required waiting period. The initiation of the notice of default in California. After 90 days of missed payments, the lender can file a notice of default. And this signals the initiation of the foreclosure, foreclosure process and it's recorded with the county. The content of what's in the notice of default, it contains the total amount you owe, including missed payments and associated fees. And it also provides a deadline, typically 90 days, which the debt must be settled in order to avoid further foreclosure action. And that waiting period after you receive the notice of default, borrowers have a 90-day reinstatement period. This is a crucial window of opportunity. And it's during this time that homeowners can pay off the debt, pay off the defaulted amount, along with any other fees of interest. And if you settle it within this period, the foreclosure process is halted. Now we have prohibition of dual tracking. Well, what is dual tracking? Dual tracking was once a controversial practice where lenders would simultaneously pursue a foreclosure while also negotiating a loan modification or other loss mitigation alternatives with the homeowner. Some of us remember this very clearly back at the fall of the market. This led to situations where a homeowner thought they were securing a modification only to find out their home was being sold right from under them or had been sold while they're working on the modification. However, California now has a homeowner bill of rights to combat those practices. It implemented the bill of rights in 2013. And one of its main provisions is the prohibition of dual tracking. This means lenders cannot move forward with the foreclosure process while also evaluating your application for a loan modification. Here are some implications. With this protection, if you apply for a loan modification early in the foreclosure process, the sale of your home 
can't proceed until the lender has made a decision on your application. If approved, the foreclosure process is paused and the new payment plan takes effect. That is why those first 180 days are so crucial. That is the time frame that you make sure you get in some type of program. You have to have contacted your lender, started the process of a modification or something to get you back on track before they trigger that foreclosure sale. Once that sale gets triggered, you're on Highway 99 and ain't no turning back. I should say Highway 1, because when you went on Highway 1, that's a no turning back. <laughs> Very few exits on Highway 1. Once you're going, you got to get where you're going or you're going to land in the ocean. So when you're confronting the specter of foreclosure, it is a daunting task for any homeowner. But by understanding the initial steps and the protections that are afforded by laws, such as the prohibition against dual tracking, you are better equipped to navigate the challenging terrain. Again, always consult with a legal expert or a housing counselor to explore all of the possibilities and rights that are afforded to you and your financial situation when you're facing foreclosure. Now we're going to talk about options to avoid foreclosure. We're going to get into the nitty gritty of what you may be discussing with your lender, like the refinancing, refinancing or loan modification. So, Let's just get the refinance thing out the way. With the current high interest rate, we're going to reimagine what steps you might take that are more practical. Refinancing right now is more than likely not going to happen. So what other options do we really have? Number one is loan modification. And this isn't about starting fresh with a new loan, but it's about adjusting the one you've got. It's essentially you and your lender reaching a compromise. The benefits are that this could lead to a reduced interest rate, longer loan terms, or even the chance at a principal forbearance, a principal, P-A-L. And that's where a portion of your balance gets set aside. And the ultimate goal is to make your monthly payments more digestible. And the steps to take to, to make this happen is to reach out to your lender with an explanation letter detailing your financial hardship. Now get ready because they're going to ask for documentation such as your recent pay stubs or medical bills to get a better understanding of your situation. And remember, it's in their best interest for you to continue payments, even if they are adjusted. Number two is a forbearance agreement. And so it's like a forbearance agreement is like hitting the pause button. Your lender might allow you to temporarily reduce or suspend payments for a set period. The benefits of this is that it provides short-term relief while you navigate your financial struggles like job loss or a health crisis. Like with modifications, you want to approach your lender, explain your situation, and ask about potential forbearance options. Now, remember, it's not a free pass. Once that period ends, you'll need to make up the difference. And then third option, this is a little bit out of the box, but it's still an option, is to rent out a room or a space. This is an out of the box idea. If your home has some extra space, 
consider renting out a room. Or if you have an ADU, that's even better. The benefits here are that it can provide additional income, which can be directed towards your mortgage. Go to a website like Airbnb or even local community boards for a starting point and make sure that you're compliant with local regulations and that you have a clear rental agreement in place. The fourth option, again, is to engage a HUD counselor. The U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development offers free low or low-cost counseling for homeowners in distress. They can provide you with tailored advice, resources, and next steps based on your unique situation. So visit the HUD website, hud.gov forward slash counselors, or call their hotline to locate a counselor near you. Their insights can be invaluable. I guess I should get the hotline number up, HUD counselor phone number. Let's see. Oh, these are pointing towards a specific organization. So I'm going to, instead of naming organizations, because there's one that I don't want anyone to feel left out. I'm not going to name any specific organizations, but I will uh, encourage you to go to the HUD website for that phone number and contact someone locally who might be able to assist you in uh, getting the information that you need. So remember, your home is more than bricks and mortar. It's a collection of memories, dreams, and hopes. And this economic climate right now, it's a little rough for us, right? For a lot of people. But there are still a lot of practical steps that you can take. Whether you're considering that loan modification, if you're thinking about renting out a space, or you're just seeking some guidance, be proactive, be informed. And always know that there are paths forward. You got this. And I'm here for you, cheering you on every step of the way. Okay? So we're going to take another quick break. Don't go anywhere. As the segment promises to be packed with valuable strategies to fortify your home's defense against foreclosure. I am able to Hey everyone, we are back. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key. Want to give a shout out to Charles. I see you commenting there with great info. Thank you, Brother Charles Williams. Um, Amos Holtz, Brother Holt says, great presentation and a lot of confidence building. I'm so glad you think that. That is our job, our goal, to make sure that everyone is equipped with the knowledge and the information that we need because stuff happens. Sometimes it does. So if you're just tuning in, we're deep diving into strategies and solutions to prevent foreclosure. And so in this next segment, these last few minutes, we're going to explore some of the most effective options that Californians have at their disposal. We're going to keep the momentum going and empower you with more knowledge. And we're going to talk again about forbearance. I want to just lean on into that a little bit more, but we're also going to talk about short sales and deed in lieu. 
those details. So as we continue to unpack this information, I understand how the term foreclosure can stir up a range of emotions. We've all faced tough times, right? And for some, the fear of losing your house can be overwhelming. But here is the good news. There are options to navigate these choppy waters. So we're going to talk about what that looks like. Again, the forbearance agreement. Imagine a pause button on your favorite track. Forbearance is akin to, it's, it's akin to that, but for your mortgage. It's a temporary halt or a reduction in your monthly payments agreed to with your lender. The benefits is that it gives you breathing room during your financial hiccups. Maybe you faced a sudden job loss or unexpected medical bills. That forbearance will allow you that time to recover without the immediate pressure of full payments. And here are the practical steps. Engage with your lender. Call them. Transparency is vital. Explain the why behind your challenges and discuss the potential duration and terms. Second is a short sale. We hope it does not ever have to come to this because the goal is to keep the house. But I do want to touch on it. This involves selling your home for less than the outstanding mortgage and the proceeds from the sale go to the lender. If you just recently bought your home, doing a short sale is going to be a little bit tough. You may have had to be in your home at least a year, maybe two in order to really sell your home. But there's still another option, but in order to sell it as a short sale where you owe more than the house is worth, well, actually I take that back. Oh yeah, yeah, I just thought through that. Yeah, you could, you could still do it if you just bought it, yeah. They'd just be getting back less. They would be getting back a lot less. It would definitely be, yeah. So a short sale, it can be a mutual solution. Um, you're relieved of your mortgage that you can't manage and the lender avoids the lengthy and costly foreclosure process. So reach out to a real estate professional experienced in short sales and they can guide you through the process from getting your lender's approval to navigating potential tax implications. Now the deed in lieu of foreclosure. The deed in lieu of foreclosure, it sounds like a real fancy term. It sounds a little complicated, but it is an arrangement where you willingly transfer the property title to your lender in exchange for a release from your mortgage obligations. It's a more graceful exit than foreclosure, potentially less damaging to your credit, and it often comes with terms that are more favorable to the homeowner like relocation assistance. The practical steps here are to begin with an open conversation with your lender. They're going to want to look at and explore all other options before they do this. But if both parties agree, the paperwork is drawn up that details the terms. So these paths are about forging ahead with dignity and making informed decisions. If it gets really, really tough, then those last three options or the last two options are, are two options that you may want to consider. Remember, your home represents dreams and aspirations and memories, but it's also intertwined with financial decisions. So if you find yourself in a tough spot, know that you are not alone. There is a community right here, resources and options available to you. Call me, contact me, email me, text me. 
I'll walk you through this step by step. And each step and each choice brings you closer to stability and peace of mind. I'm here for you and I believe in your journey. Now we're going to talk about counseling and resources. I'm going to give you the information that you need, the importance of housing counseling, finding a HUD approved counselor, and the benefits of working with that counselor. Navigating through this, it can be, it's like wandering through a maze, especially when there's uncertainty about your finances. But here is a heartening thought. There are guides available to help you find your way. So we're going to dive into that information. Counseling, HUD counseling. Think of a housing counselor as your personal GPS in the world of real estate and mortgage complexities. They offer clarity when things get foggy. The benefit is that if you're a first-time home buyer and you're considering refinancing, or if you're struggling to make payments, this counselor can provide you with tailored advice. They demystify the terms, the processes, and the paperwork, ensuring that you make an informed decision. And here's a relatable analogy. <laughs> Remember, have you ever tried to assemble furniture without a manual? Right? It's doable, but it is an unnecessary struggle. Right? So a housing counselor is that manual. They make the process smoother and less daunting. So the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development provides a list of approved counseling agencies, and they are a seal of credibility and expertise. They're professionals who are trained and vetted to offer guidance in everything from purchasing a home to preventing foreclosure. So visit their website, www.hud.gov forward slash counselors. They have a user-friendly search tool, which will help you locate counselors in the area. So you go to that website, pull up the tool, type in your address or your zip code or your city, just a little bit of information. Press send and it spits out the information that you need. So rest assured, you'll be partnering with professionals who are bound by a code of ethics and they are committed to your well-being. And these benefits beyond their expertise it's a wealth of benefits. Financial planning, they can help you draft a budget that's tailored to your needs. An objective analysis, they'll assess your financial situation and offer realistic options. And then advocacy. Many of those counselors, they liaise with lenders on your behalf, potentially negotiating better terms or solutions. So they can possibly even reach out to your lender and make it happen for you in the event you don't feel like you have the ability to do the negotiations for yourself. And then education, they empower you with knowledge, making future real estate choices less intimidating. So think of this journey as a shared one. Challenges in home ownership, they feel isolating, but with resources like housing counseling, you're never truly alone. They offer insights, expertise, and most importantly, empathy. So as we continue to explore the world of real estate, know that there's always a guiding hand, a beacon waiting to help light your path. Always remember, we are in this together and together is how we move towards bright horizons. Remember, remember, take a proactive approach with your lender. It's the best step forward and it can be a game changer 
I want you to be prepared for your discussions with your lender. So let's talk about how we set the stage for that. There are some essential documents that you're going to need to have on hand before you call your lender. So get your pen and pencil ready for this checklist. Like going for a medical checkup. You don't want to go without your records, right? So here's the checklist. Number one is proof of income. Get your recent pay stubs to Getty. To Getty. <laughs> I'm thinking about lunch. I'm making spaghetti for dinner tonight. How did that pop up? <laughs> Get your recent pay stubs or income statements together <laughs> if you're self-employed. Expense documents. Any recent bills or credit card statements and any other monthly obligations. A hardship letter. That's a personal letter that details the circumstances that led to your financial challenges. Be heartfelt and concise. Heartfelt meaning tell the truth. What happened? Concise. Keep it short <laughs> and to the point. Recent tax returns. This helps paint a, peer, a clear picture of your financial status if you have your most recent tax returns. So have all of those documents prepared before you get on the phone with your lender because they're going to ask for them. And here are some tips for communicating with your lender. Open and honest communication is paramount. Your lender is not an adversary. They often prefer solutions that work for both parties. So see them as an ally when you're talking to them. And here's some guidelines when you're speaking with them. Stay calm and courteous. Even if the conversation becomes challenging, maintain your composure. Be transparent, stating your challenges, ask questions, stay proactive, and keep a record of all transactions. I'm looking at the time and I need to wind it up, y'all. Go to my website, blog at agentkey.com, and there will be a list of all of this information right there for you in about two hours, y'all. As soon as I get back to my computer, turning this show into a blog with all of these details for you. Thank you for joining me today. Your time and your trust means the world to me. Remember that if this resonated with you and you think someone else can benefit, share it with them. We are stronger together better informed and more equipped until next time wishing you strength wellness and love and remember if you're doing what you were created to do